And I ain't hit no drop in a minute. No, I'm about yeah. my business. Rappers Gap Podcast, episode 25. This is your host, Diggy Metro. Bill's Pagliacci. It's 25, right? Yeah, 25. All right, cool. Um, today we wanted to talk about uh, versatility and being a versatile artist. Uh, when you listen to a new artist, that's their one thing that they always say. I'm super versatile. Uh, I can hop on any beat. And when you're young, that sounds like something good. When you get a little bit more stain in the game and you start to understand how shit works, you understand that's not necessarily the best thing. Yep. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on, on past episodes when we were referring to other business models mm-hmm. and how uh, if you have any type of Dorito, it still tastes like a Dorito. Yep. You still know it's a Dorito. So uh, bringing that over to music and uh, versatility. What I think is good about being versatile is uh, being able to rap any flow. Mm -hmm. I think having multiple flows so that you don't sound like a one-trick pony is a good thing. I think where it hurts you is when you start to work on 20 different types of music and people don't know how to kind of uh, be a fan of you. And so, like, when we, we talked about the baby, the previous episode, as far as, like, the work ethic, and I know a lot of people, like, make fun of him, and they be like, yo, I'm tired of hearing him on the same thing and never switching up his flow. Yeah. But that's what's been working for him, and that's what kind of got him in the position that he's in. And the same thing probably applies for a lot of rappers that you see. Like, even sometimes little baby may seem like he's doing the same thing, but it's just, like, that's what works for him. He's not, he's versatile within what he may be saying. But for the most part, he's sticking true to what his original sound was because that's what people gravitated towards him in the first place. I also think it's really funny to see someone become rich and stay rich Mm -hmm. and keep going and be a likable person in the game Mm -hmm. and then be like, nah, but they need to uh, switch it up. They need to change. It's like, yo, if you get to a point where what you're doing, let's look at it like a job, right? If you go to your job every day, and they keep on giving you bonuses and raises for the job that you're doing exactly how you do it, right? You're going to keep on doing it that way. You're going to change You're not going to change the way that you process because, like, people are, are it's starting to get stagnant and people are looking at you like, oh, maybe you should switch up your methods. Like, you do what works. If you make R&B music and you make sad R&B music and that makes you a millionaire, you're probably going to be more interested in making sad R&B music when you want money. And a lot of times I feel like, you know, when an artist may hear something like that, they feel like, oh, I'm just boxing myself in. And it's like, you're not boxing yourself in. We talked about having a blueprint or like establishing what you what you have as a sound. And you can still venture out sometimes and you can still do other genres of music or do something a little bit different, but still it has to be true to you. So even if you did, it wasn't like a, uh, like a sad R&B song. You may still have some sad elements within a song. I mean, the full song has to be sad, but you can still branch out and do other things, but you still have to stay true to your original sound. You just can't just jump all over the place. I also think when you're good at one thing, people start to want your sound. That's true. I think that, like, if you want a Travis Scott record, you're not going to put Travis Scott on an acoustic guitar. Nope. You're just not. Like, you know what that sound calls for. Mm -hmm. If I have a track that calls for a Travis Scott verse on it, it sounds a certain way. And I can say that to any artist. I could be like, I think this is a Travis Scott type of record. Mm-hmm. And they know exactly what that sounds like. Yep. If you're the artist who does not have a sound established and you have no idea what you actually sound like, what your voice... Okay, let's, let's go all the way back to when you start out uh, being a rapper. 
right? Or when you start out being a musician, finding the sound of your uh, your voice mm-hmm. and where you actually sit comfortably and what sounds good coming from you. Because as an artist, you know, I went through all these different phases where like I went high pitched at one point because I thought that being like a high pitched rapper made me stand out more. Yep. All the, all the way until now where when I hop on a record, I sound a lot more like myself mm-hmm. than I did back then because I'm not reaching to create a sound. My sound is me. And a lot of times, I think that's a, the thing that artists struggle with because that's the problem I've had initially too, which I think we all kind of struggle with. Like when you just get into the game, what can I do that's going to separate me right. from being everybody else? But then you fail to realize that just being yourself is what separates you from everybody else. Right, because you fault. yourself are unique. Exactly. So if you're if you're trying to sound like somebody else or you're trying to separate yourself, it's almost like, yo, you know how like there's, when you go to high school, there's like the emo people, mm-hmm. Right. And you have all these people dressed in black. And if you were to ask them why they do that, their reasoning would be like, oh, because I'm an outcast. Mm -hmm. But if everyone looks that way, don't you just fall into a different crowd of people? Yep. If you go to every single school and there's an emo crowd in every single school, how are you unique if you dress like that? Yep. How is that unique in any way? You know what I'm saying? It's not unique. You're just fitting into the mold of a different genre of people. Yes. Right? So. One, I think that there are artists out there who are genre bending. I think that there are artists out there who they break the mold of genres. Mm -hmm. And you could even say Travis Scott is almost that. Kanye is almost that. Like he could make hip hop, but he could also make this weird, like electronic blend of what hip hop and R&B would kind of sound like. There's artists that are just genre bending. Drake is a perfect example of someone who came out and he did the rapper singer thing. Mm -hmm. And Although it was done before, it wasn't done to the magnitude of him. Yeah, and he, he, he caught level. all slack for that. Mm-hmm. You're soft like Drake. You want to know why Drake is soft? Remember all those jokes? Yeah, but then guess what? It birthed up a whole bunch of rappers who just started talking about being hurt and being sad and just trying to, like, you know, flexing like I'm the man. But, you know, I still go through these things with these women, too. 1,000%. It, it allowed people to actually be real and not always act like the tough guy who never fell in love before. Because you could talk shit about how you was talking about um, women. I don't want to say bitches, but I'm going to say bitches now. <laughs> I was trying to be politically correct. Fuck that. You know, talking about, oh, he's trying to cater to the bitches and everything and all, all the sorts. But that's who he was speaking to. And guess what? You would sometimes think that mostly it would be probably women gravitating towards it. But it was actually the men because we could act like sometimes men don't have the feelings to be going through the Joneses. But we do. And so when you got somebody that's telling you what you want to hear instead of like, yo, I'm really going through something. And it's not just like a fuck these bitches. They ain't shit. It's a whole different ball game in your mind. It's a whole different listening experience. You know what I'm saying? I think the reason why Drake worked well for, um, for, for men was that he wasn't speaking like rather than women. I think... He- People would expect because he's talking about women that women are going to like the music. Exactly. But he's talking in the perspective of a man. Yes. He's not talking in the perspective of a woman. Like, I always say that uh, in stand-up comedy, I'm, I gravitate toward male comedians because I understand what they're talking about mm-hmm. more. Their perspective to me is funnier because, like, it's something that I would do personally, mm-hmm. right? Like, a, a woman comedian, although they're funny... A lot of the stuff they're talking about, you don't really get. It won't hit home the same. Yeah, because a a woman would would get it more, Mm -hmm. you know? And when it comes to Drake, like, he's speaking in the perspective of a man dealing with women. So women aren't going to necessarily even understand that because to them, they don't get why men do the shit that they do. So a man is going to be like, ah, I just did that last week. 
And that's, and I, that's usually what's the divide is just like right there. But he was still able to captivate both sides. And like you get all the women on your side. Oh, you know, he he's he's in tune. He's in tune with his emotions. And then you get this, the guys saying the same thing too. Most most people saying, oh, you know, it's corny, it's corny. But as time starts progressing, you start seeing how it influences the culture and how it has an impact on people. It's like, oh, it's not. Like we talked about before, it's always corny until it starts working and then everybody right. wants to jump on a wave. Well, also, like, you know, we always talk about Kanye set it up so that like a suburban kid could go out and be a rapper and it's not held against him anymore. Mm-hmm. Drake set it up to where people can go out and be their true emotional selves. Mm-hmm. And it's not the worst thing in the world anymore. Because like, just like Kanye broke that barrier of not being a thug, Drake broke that barrier of not being like bulletproof and uh, just robotic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Bro, how many times did we have to listen to a rapper talking about how they don't care about women and they cheat exactly. on every girl and this and that? And it's like, yo, although there's probably a lot of dudes out there that feel like that. Mm-hmm. It's just unrealistic that every single person that was rapping those words feels like that. No, that's, that's, that's like they put true. on this whole this whole uh, mask when they would get on records and speak about women, and then they would go home to their wives and be lo- Mister Lovey Dovey. Yep, you know what I mean. So like, I think that we're breaking the barriers uh, in hip hop of just being yourself. And I think that to bring that back to the topic at hand, when you're making your sound, when you're creating your sound, because we we started this uh, episode off talking about being versatile, but I think it's it's quickly going to drift off into creating your sound. Yes, definitely. Right. When you're creating your sound, you can't necessarily be the most... It's not about versatility at that point. It's really about finding the sound that works with you because there's going to be a sonic range that your voice hits. And there's going to be instrumentation that suits that sonic range well. Mm -hmm. Everyone tries to hop on every beat that they think sounds hot, but sometimes your voice doesn't work with that beat. And that was kind of some of the problems I definitely have for myself because I wanted to jump into the 808s and... Trying to try to when I first started getting back, you know, start recording again. I was trying to fit that mold of like, let me just get these 808s. And I even see it now, which I, I kind of don't like, but I understand it. Like, like the, the songs with the 808s, those are the songs that people are more gravitated to, like, you know, reach out to, or the audience that I'm not looking for, those are the songs that they'll gravitate towards too. And it's like, I don't make that music all the time. So once I was able to understand that, it was just like, let me focus on the bouncy beats that got some vibe to it or has like some where I can become melodic. Cause that's what my sound is. I can definitely be versatile. I could do trap all the time or I could jump on those trap beats and mess with the 808s, but it's just like, that's not really who I'm looking for as far as my audience. I'm looking for more people that want something a little bit different because I'm different. My voice versus your voice, right? I have like a mid-high range voice. Mm -hmm. You have a very deep, bassy voice, right? So, my voice would be better suited for an 808. It's going to cut through better. Because the, the vocal and the 808 are not clashing with each other where your voice probably sounds better on an acoustic type record like a rent do mm-hmm. or like one of these these uh what's the song that um you don't care about no self-care okay self-care that instrumentation mm-hmm. sounds good because there's no bass really conflicting with your vocal and i think that when we go into records rather than just listening to what sounds hot to your ears you got to think about what's logical as far as what your voice is capable of hitting. Yeah. And of course, you could get your song mixed to where they take all the bass out of your voice and uh, they leave the 808 where it is and whatever. And and of course, that's possible through mixing. But I don't think artists uh, actually listen to a beat and go, my voice would sound great on this beat enough. Yeah. 
because it, it, it plays a, a major role because now even when I look for any type of beat, it's like I'm not looking to be versatile. I'm looking to what's going to suit me, what is going to be the best thing. What Because at this point, you know, we talked about having a catalog, right? And once you start building up this catalog, I, I recently, I listened to my catalog a lot. And as I'm listening to it, it's like, the, the songs are just like, they're they're sewing all in together. Like they all have the same vibe. And even when some fans reach out to me, they say, your music just gives me like a, a happy or uplifting mood or it's just like that positive thing. And it's like, you hear all these positive songs and then Forte comes on. It's just like a dark 808 song. And even though I feel like the song is fire, it's just like, it didn't really fit the mold of what I wanted to really do. It was what I was kind of chasing. Yeah, but the, the difference is you're talking about all your newer music you as a comfortable artist who knows their sound now versus Some, your early music that you didn't know your sound. And I just yet. wanted to be versatile. And that's I'm the, on everything. That, right. That's the complete difference. It's like once you actually start to understand your sound and where you fit well, you start to actually create your own vibe. And there's nothing better when building a fan base than a person knowing exactly what mood your music puts them in. Yep. Because they go directly to you when they want to be in that mood. If someone wants to be happy, they go to your music. Or if they want to be sad, they go to your music if you have that sound. But that's a benefit when you're selling a product. They know exactly. When I'm sleepy, I go get an energy drink. Yep. I know that that's what I want when I'm sleepy. It's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just certain things. If I'm sleepy, I don't go and drink a tea. Mm-hmm. The, and, and the same thing applies to music. There are artists that you go and you listen to when you're upset. There are artists you go and you listen to when you want to be in a great mood. And you want to turn up, want to have a vibe. And music creates the mood a lot, but also it's going along with the mood that you're already in. And at the same token, like you don't have to feel like you have to fit every move. And you can still make songs that, you know, so like even for me, like when I did uh, the song Foolish, one of my recent songs, I was trying to reach a vibe where it was like, it was like happy enough lifting, but it's a song that you can also turn up to. And like, sometimes my music is more like conscious, but it's like, I still would like to make a song that was still happy, was still uplifting, that had a bounce to it. But it was more like, you know, if you, if you out and just happen to say, yo, we about to go drinking, I got a song for you now. But it still fits within the mold of happy, uplifting, and it's a, it's a bounce, but it doesn't have to fully be, oh, it's a trap record now. Me and you did a record called Used To Be. Within my catalog, probably sounds like the biggest outlier of my catalog, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like it fits really in there. But if you listen to the content on the actual record and the stuff that I'm talking about, a lot of the stuff, even the chorus, just the chorus alone, is is telling you that I'm growing as a human. Exactly. Now, now take that and listen to the rest of my music and listen to the content in my music, and I'm constantly telling you that I'm a fucking adult now. This is growth. And this is what I'm doing, mm -hmm. right? So there's a way to fit different sounds into your artistry without necessarily uh, sounding like you're trying to reach into a different genre. Yep. You know what I mean? Some people, they, they rap all this conscious shit when they're on a boom-bap beat, and then they go and rap about uh, drugs and popping pills when they're on a trap beat. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. And you that's one of the I mean? reasons, like, even if somebody came to me with, a, like, a trap sound, it's like, I'm going to let you know right now, you wanna, if, I, if I get on this song, whatever you're talking about, I'm going to be saying the complete opposite or kind of going against what you're saying or giving it a different mind, like a different perspective. And it could definitely work as a song, but, you know, it's not going to always clash with certain artists. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't probably want this. Because anything you may be saying, I'm going against probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to always, if I hop on a record, I'm always talking from my perspective. Yeah, exactly. And my perspective could still fit the subject matter, but it doesn't necessarily have to agree with your perspective on mm -hmm. it. 
And I think that a lot of artists, when they're trying to make a song with someone else, what they make the mistake of is trying to fit their point. Yes. They're, oh, what's the subject matter? Okay, it's fucking bitches getting money. Okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then you're just saying the same thing as the first verse said. And that's not exciting. What perspective did you add to the record? What, what sound did you add to the record? What did you say? And now we're talking from a different type of music because the, the type of music that we make is very conscious and it yeah. has a point to it. There are some, uh, some types of music that are just vibes and they're not really meant for the subject and matter. And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. If you make that, then you actually have a little bit more flexibility as far as what you can say. Yes. But if you're trying to reach that lane where you're actually saying something on a record, and your your purpose on songs is to uh, have subject matter, mm-hmm. then you do have to fit a certain purpose. You do have to come on records and have a specific point. You know what I mean? And I think that um, a younger artist has a hard time doing that because they hear what's cool and what's popular. Mm-hmm. And hearing what's cool and what's popular sometimes doesn't agree with what you're about at all. Yeah. So you're trying to make what's cool and popular, but you're not being yourself on it and yeah I I did that all the time and it was like once again you know on this podcast we understand we get it we definitely did it we've been through it we had to grow out of it and climb out of it but when you because I know a lot of people also looked at it a little different when we talked about the type B situation and it's like yeah at first you can be on type beats you're going to be on type beats and you can try to find your way or try to find your sound but eventually you know within you finding different beats and, and trying to trying out new things, you're going to be able to find that sound for yourself where it's not going to be a tight beat situation anymore. I also no disagree 100% with everyone that was commenting about their tight type, their type beat points. I could create my own sound on a tight beat. I disagree. I, yeah. I 100% disagree. Because then once, and then that's when artists usually get upset. It was like, yo, uh, you kind of sounded like Little Uzi on that. And they'd be like, oh, I'm not like Little Uzi. But I was like, well, it's a Little Uzi Listen, beat. And you started rapping like Little Uzi, so. As an engineer, I'll tell you 100%, when people do tight beats, they try to sound exactly like the person who the beat is named after. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. I'm telling you that from a person who records new artists on a weekly basis. And I'm telling you that from a guy that's listening to a J. Cole type beat right now. And as I'm creating a song, I'm like, wait a minute. This kind of sounds like a little bit too yeah, much you're like you're writing Cole. it like it's J. Cole's record. Exactly. And it's not. You know what I mean? And, and it's fine because you have your own voice. And, and they think, look, when we say create your own sound, we don't mean the actual sound of your voice. Yeah. That's no, not what we're that. talking about. We're talking about creating your own whole niche. Like what you do well it could be the beats you select. It's the the sound of your voice is added on to that. But it's also the sound of your mixes. Is Does this person have like a dark feeling? Does this person have a, a hype feeling? Does this person have... There's, there's so many different vibes that you can go for. But like when we say create your own sound, we're not saying like if you screech on a record and it's a Travis Scott beat and you screech on it so you don't sound like Travis Scott, now it's your sound. It's still a Travis Scott beat. Yeah. It doesn't matter what what you did vocally on it. It's still a Travis Scott type beat. And people are going to go, yo, it sounds like a Travis Scott beat. Because even when you look at it, right? Before, there was no Travis Scott type beats. And until you start making your own sound, then all of a sudden, there's Travis Scott type beats. Like even right now, there's no Bales Pagliacci beats, but the more and more I do, more and more I collaborate and the more and more my name gets out there, guess what? There's going to be Bales Pagliacci type beats out there. And why don't people reach to make their own sound of type beat? Like, why aren't people trying avidly to create their own sound so people can go out there and produce them type beats? Yep. It just doesn't happen often. You know what I mean? And like, I think that, uh, I also think that comes with maturity though. 
Yes, we always say like, you know, when you first start, you start writing like someone else. You start uh, sounding like someone else in the beginning. And then at some point you get to a point where you're comfortable with yourself and you start talking, rapping, sounding like yourself. A lot of people, uh, it takes it takes a lot of time for a lot of people and that's fine, you know, but you are going to eventually want to get to a point where you know what you're trying to do on record Mm -hmm. and you're not reaching for a tight beat. I'll tell you this. I have the benefit of being friends with a lot of producers and they send me a specific sound of beat mm-hmm. when they do send me beats. They know what I'm looking what for. What you're looking for, yeah. They're not going to send me a trap beat because they know that that's not my vibe. So they're going to send me this specific type of beat because they know my sound. When you know someone's sound, you get benefits by people reaching out to you and sending you your sound of, of beat. Yep. So I could wake up one day, open my email, click on the the attachment, and it's a beat that sounds exactly like what I would rap on. And then it would be counterintuitive for you to go on them them trap beats and just saying, "Yeah, I'm versatile. This is I'm the most versatile rapper." Like that's also ego. Yeah, like it's yo, it's not versatility. You're just trying to you're you're making the the finish line way harder to reach at that point. Like it's versatile. I guess you want to be versatile. Be versatile within the content that you're speaking about or be versatile with your bar structure. Don't be versatile in, yo, this song, I'm going to be like a high-pitched dude and then the next song, I'm going to be a, a, a low-pitched dude and then the next song, I'm just going to have auto-tune throughout the whole entire track. We've said this in the past too. Sometimes you sound great on one type of record and then you sound horrible on the other type of record. Yes. Just because you're on two types of records doesn't make you versatile if you're bad at one of them. One of our... One of our I guess Achilles heels as artists is just not being able to just sit there and be real with ourselves sometimes or just saying, you know what? This just ain't for me or this ain't what I need to do. Like, and cause you're so good. Let me stop you real quick. Cause that's a good point, but you're, you're so trying to uh, prove to everyone that you could do everything that you're forgetting that that doesn't matter. Yes. Like no one cares if you could do everything. It's not about that. It's really about creating your vibe and your sound. That's that's the whole point of making music is literally to create what sounds like a you record. And if you're trying so hard, like first off, who are you proving it to? Because you're definitely not proving it to the people that fuck with you. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not talking about your friends. I'm talking about actual people that want to support your music because they like how it sounds. By jumping on a trap beat when you're a boom bap guy, it doesn't prove anything to them. It proves that you don't know who you are. Yes. And and that's the mistake a lot of you guys are making out there and girls, you know, a lot of you people are making the mistake of like trying to prove something to people that you're capable. And it's like, no one's asking you to prove anything. No one gives a fuck if you're capable. Realistically, and- does it sound good? Like, does the music sound good? If it doesn't, no one cares. You're not proving something by making a bad record in a different genre. And then once again, like we even, we just went through this when I had, uh, just made one of my songs for uh, Resilient. It was just like, I told you, like, I think in my head, I wanted to be Andre 3000, but I ended up turning to like uh, Andrew. He said, he said and, Andrew 1500. Andrew 1500. Like that's what I ended up sounding like. And then I was like, you know what? Let me go back and understand that these, these, these uh, tones I'm trying to reach is just not me. Let me go back and just rewrite the certain parts of the song so it fits more me and it's just like more natural. And then I did that. You sent me the track. I had no complaints no more. It was like I wasn't trying to be Andre 3000 no more. I was just being myself and just making the vibe. And that's what it really came down to. If I was able to 
you know, seeing those parts in my mind, like, yeah, I'm versatile. Look what I can do now. But then it turned out I wasn't that versatile as, I, as much as I thought I was. And just going back to what initially works for me is what made the song sound and better. there's also nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong Bro, with Bro, I've it. written whole songs where I write them. Perfect example. I did a track called, um, uh, not Feel It, that's with Swiggy. What's the one with, um, with 19808? Whatever. You got a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did the record with 19808, and 19808 is singing on the whole beginning, right? And my approach to the record, my initial approach, was me singing on the entire record because mm-hmm. I was trying to fit his sound, yeah. right? And this is recent, so I'm not saying like, but what I did was I sent it to him. I go, yo, I don't fuck with it. So like, just know this is like a reference. I'm not done though. Yeah. I went back and I wrote a rap verse on it that sounds like me. And when I sent that version to him, he goes, this is exactly what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for that other thing. Exactly. But right? when you try to be versatile, it was like, you know. Because it's not really versatile. You're trying to be like the other person. Exactly. That's not versatility. That's just you copying a flow that was already on the record. And that's the mistake a lot of artists make. And I, I see it as like a, a badge of honor when I get a feature and someone uses one of my lines as like a, because what I like doing is I like adding a part in the song that is just that like standout line that mm-hmm. that people are going to remember. Yep. So it could just be a part where I slow the flow down and I get a little groovy with it. Or it could be a part where I, I separate certain words to just make it sound uh, different, right? And what I, I do enjoy is when I send that out for a feature and they take that part that I made different and they kind of use that flow because it ties in the two verses. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the rest of their verse is them. Yep. You know, being yourself on records is always going to benefit you. And and trying to be like someone else is not going to benefit you. And that's why versatility on a record isn't always the great thing. You know, like a lot of, you see this a lot with like little white artists. They think the faster you rap, the doper that makes you. And I, I think I've seen uh, some artists who actually, you know, they rap fast. I don't know if we, what you even want to call it, but they rap fast. And it was just like, yo, if you're just rapping fast and you're not saying nothing, you're just rapping fast. You're like, there's no content. There's no, like, bar structure. You're just rapping. Like, you're not doing anything. This is how I'll describe it to someone. It does show skill that you're able to rap fast. That shows skill. Yes. It doesn't make it likable. Just because you could rap fast, it doesn't, like... If you were trying to win a race in rapping, like, you proved your yeah, point. Yeah, you blew me out the water. Yeah, you, 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 you won the that. race. But as far as sounding good, a lot of the time, that fast shit sounds horrible. And the reason why is because music is meant to be sung back. It's meant to be repeated by people. Mm-hmm. And if they're not doing it as a contest, like, remember when Busta Rhymes did the, uh, look at me now. I don't know what the fuck he everybody says, Everybody made that into a competition of, like, who could rap his verse and mm-hmm. how... Bro... One, who the fuck is listening to that verse right now? Not me. Nobody. And two, there was nothing, like, the likable part about it was literally like, holy shit, look, he's spazzing. He's rapping fast. Right. <laughs> it wasn't shit. like, this is enjoyable music. <laughs> you don't go back and listen to that and be like, this is a classic. Now, but at the same token, though, I will also say, like, Twista, Twista has some, some, some great classics. How many Twista songs do you listen to now? Three? I still listen Three? to Slow Overnight. Jams, but that's to, only probably because of Kanye. I listen to Slow Jams, and I listen to Overnight Celebrity. Overnight Celebrity, too. That's fire, yeah. Okay, and the best parts of those songs are the choruses. Also true. And why is that? I don't know what the hell he'd be saying most of the time. And it's the most repeatable parts of the fucking songs. Yeah, it's, so you it's just the go only to, parts yeah, that you know how to say. Like, the rest of it, you're just trying to guess what he's saying. And at that point, it's just stupid, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to guess what you're saying. Yeah. 
And and it's a, <laughs> you know like that's, and and once again when it comes to the like the versatility, it's not like they're going to go like there's there's certain people who like to listen to music like that. I'm not one of those people, but there's certain people who do enjoy that fast rapping. And it's just like you're not going to see Twister all of a sudden just be like, you know what? Let me just switch this whole shit up and let me just rap slow as shit so people can actually hear what the fuck I'm saying. If that was his lane, that was his lane. That's, that's the sound that's that he him. created. Exactly. That doesn't yeah. mean that you need to do it. Exactly. There's a reason why there's like three people who do that style. It's like Tech Nine, Twister, and who else? Eminem does it. Eminem, kind, yeah, kinda. Yeah, Busta. Busta, some kind of does. You could probably name them on one hand. Yeah, not the people who people. do that fast flow, and the reason why is because the music industry doesn't take lightly to it, or doesn't doesn't take a liking to it rather, because it's not a likable form of music. Yeah, it's not it's not marketable. It's, and yeah. eventually, you're gonna have to just do a little something different because it's not it's not gonna always translate well. Best parts of of those type of records, the melodic parts in the chorus, mm-hmm. always. Chris Brown on Look At Me Now. Look at me now. Look at me now. I'm getting paper. Right. Memorable. Busta Rhymes part. All I remember is anybody got to get it. 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 That's the only thing I was fucking right. hearing the entire and, time. And yo, I'm a huge Busta fan. I but, love Busta too, yeah. Yeah, huge Busta fan. But it works for specific people. It doesn't It doesn't make you good because you do that skillfully. You know what I mean? That's, that is a skill. Doesn't make it a good song. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Um, I think we're good on on versatility. Yeah. I think we like, got at everything we're, we're going to say. And I think that the people uh, sitting there watching are definitely going to fucking hate everything we said. But, of course. You know? <laughs> make your sound. Stay true to yourself. Stop trying to jump on everything. The reason why Little Baby, the Waynes, the Drakes, the reason that they got to the place they got is because they stuck to their sound. And even though you can still venture out to other genres, it's still going to be you when you make the song. You could keep telling the person to switch their flow up, but obviously the fucking flow is still working. Be the person who people try to emulate your sound. Exactly. Stop emulating sounds and be the person that they try to emulate. I like being on records that people try to come on the record like me so much because it means that I established something. Yes, exactly. It means that I established the sound. When people try to sound like me, and I've, I've even had artists who uh, do a feature with me and they change their verse up because they go, yeah, I was trying to sound too much like what you did already on the record. So I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I love that shit because I do the same mistake. Like, like that's an artistic mistake that we make. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, everyone's going to go through that where they listen to a verse and it's in their head and now they're writing in that same tone or that same whatever. But like, you always have to take a step back and realize what you do well, why people like your music, and just capitalize on that. Make your sound, make it sound like you. And one day people are going to start making songs that sound like your music. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Simple as that. All right, guys. Rapper's Guide Podcast. We are signing out. This is Diggy Metro. Bills Pagliacci. Peace out, guys.